We are back here at Post Wrestling, and it's my pleasure to welcome this man back to the show, former WWE referee, the co-host of Aftermath that can be seen on Sportsnet. I'm talking about good friend of the show, Jimmy Corderas, who is with us. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing good, my friend. It's been far too long. It's been it's been a while. I wanted to to have you on for some time. I feel this is the the best way to keep in touch with people is to selfishly have them on and interview them. Yeah, that works for me, especially during this time of what I like to refer to as anti-social distancing, since we <clears throat> have to try to abide by some kind of guidelines anyway. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it so much, but just uh, for you, this I was thinking about this earlier this morning. In 2020, did Jimmy Corderas attend one wrestling show? You know, as I think back to it, uh, I don't believe I did. And would, when would have been the last year you didn't attend a wrestling show in a calendar year? Um, it might have been probably when the Leafs last won the Stanley Cup. Well, there you go. Quite the gap. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when you think about it. Just like it feels like a year ago was – in some ways it feels like it was 10 years ago at this point. And other times it doesn't feel like it's all that long ago that we're talking about like how this past – you know. 10 months has just been kind of a blur in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been incredible. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, doing what we can do. That's all we can do. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how uh, Aftermath has been working. You know, you guys have been doing it remotely, uh, the four of you. What has that uh, adjustment been like? Have you, have you been in the studio at any point during, during this whole period? No, uh, once we stopped going to studio, uh, several, several months ago, we haven't been back. Um, it's, it's, uh, both positive and negative. You know, you like getting into studio and doing stuff that way too, but, uh, we're doing it remotely from home. Everybody, thank goodness for the internet. Um, and it's mainly on the Sportsnet YouTube channel mm-hmm. and the Facebook uh, page and all that kind of stuff. It, it'll be nice to get back into studio to do it, but, um, Whenever we're ready to do it, I'll be ready to do it, but I'm fine doing it this way as well. The other thing I find is we're able to add a little more content this way as, as opposed to being restricted to a half hour TV show. How do you find that when it's, you know, you're because I, I was always the same way. Like I found it was I always prefer, preferred like the medium of whether it be radio or podcasting, because on TV, it's like you're very much you have to condense those thoughts. And that's a skill to be able to take maybe you know, a complicated subject or something that you have a lot to say about and condense it into a, a much more manageable time. And I, I thought you were always able to to do that very well, whether we were doing long form stuff or something real quick. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's the hardest part. Sometimes you have something in your mind that's uh, you want to get it out there in like you said, in television, because television is, is such a strict time that you have to get everything in. And, and especially on a show like ours, where there's four people trying to get all get our uh, ideas and opinions in, uh, you have to be as concise as possible. And, and yes, it, it, it takes a while to learn how to do that. It took me a while, that's for sure. You've also been doing a, a lot more interviews, I've, I've noticed as well. You recently spoke with Jinder Mahal, uh, with, with the Bollywood Boys. Is is this something that you were, you know, have just uh, come your way? Is this something that you're looking to expand more into doing uh, more than just the, the like, the roundtable discussions? A little bit of both. Um, you know, I was asked uh, 
a part of it has to do with the fact that I, you know, I have a relationship with some of these guys. You know, uh, I interviewed Drew and Drew and I go back to when he first entered the WWE way back when, when he was the uh, chosen one and stuff like that. And, and Jinder and I are friends and uh, friends with the Bollywood boys and so on and so forth. So I have a, you know, a past relationship with these guys, which I think is partly beneficial, but at the same time, <laughs> you got to be careful too, because you don't want to get uh, too inside baseball, if you know what I mean. But uh, um, it's something I'd like to continue doing and expand on. Uh, I'm having fun with it. And uh, I'm trying to be less, oh, let's get some breaking news here and just mm. have some fun. You know what I mean? As opposed to trying to get somebody to disclose something that breaking news. Well, and I've said this to you before. I think that that's a strength you have is that you, for for a lot of these people, you had that rapport with them. Like you've known the Bollywood boys for years. You have worked alongside a Jinder Mahal. And I think that, you know, those kinds of interview subjects, they're not necessarily going to have their guard up because they have that past relationship with you. And I think are going to be uh, very, very trusting in who they're speaking to and, and knowing, you know, it's th- think of all the interviews that these people do and sometimes not knowing how is this going to turn out. I think that that's a certain trust factor that not everyone is, is going to have when they sit down with an interview subject. No, I, I, I hope they do feel that way. And also the fact that, and, and you know this, John, because of the, the relationship between Sportsnet and the WWE, uh, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> to, to kind of, let's say, jeopardize that. I wanted to also uh, have you on as we're looking ahead to the, the Royal Rumble and with a man that was there in Hamilton in 1988 in Jimmy Corderas. And it seems like you've been in, in high demand this week as everyone is uh, looking ahead to the Royal Rumble. I guess so. People, uh, for th- This year, for some reason, has been a, a lot of reaching out. And I have to correct you, though. I, I apologize, John, uh, for doing so. But it's Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whenever you, of course. Whenever you announce any city in, or, 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 or town in Canada, you have to also add the province and the country as well. That's right. That's right. Because this Sunday's Royal Rumble will be from St. Petersburg, Florida, United States of America. Yeah. See, it doesn't sound the same when it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue uh, for for the others, because God forbid anyone would get lost trying to find uh, Hamilton uh, on the map and the uh, uh, rest in peace Cops Coliseum. Exactly. And you see Calgary, Alberta, Canada, you know what I mean? It just it rolls. It flows. Well, that's that's Lance's fault for propagating that that whole thing. I mean, he just gave a whole new generation of people the uh, province and country distinction along with the city. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's pin it on him. Let's leave it on him. When you uh, go back, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but in those those early years of the Royal Rumble, I mean, we had seen like, you know, the stories have been out there about trying to test this out at different house shows wasn't an immediate hit. But then when they came up with the idea to have a, a free television special on the USA Network, they went to this Royal Rumble concept. By that point, after that show in Hamilton, did you get the sense that this is this was a really unique take on the battle royal that could have some staying power. Maybe not looking at, hey, uh, 37 of these later, we'll still be talking about it, but that this this could become something that we revisit and becomes an annual idea. It didn't hit me right away because I was so you know concentrated on actually you know doing my job, so to speak, for lack of a better term. It, it, and afterwards, I I thought it was a nice concept, but uh, you know, again, I, that was still very early in my in my. Uh, refereeing and, and wrestling career where I didn't think along those lines, but I know that a light bulb went off in somebody's head and say, Hey, I think we got something here. And Pat Patterson, the late great Pat Patterson, the one who's uh, credited with it. I, I, I can only sense what was going on in the back since uh, afterwards. I didn't 
uh, I wasn't privileged enough to sit in those meetings afterwards, but uh, I could only imagine them saying, hey, you know what? We got something here. Maybe we can turn this into something. What would Royal Rumble Day be like as as the years progressed? I mean, was it one where the talent looked at it like here's it's it's a battle royal. It's it's not for, for some. It's like, you know, in and out. It's not the most uh, taxing night of the year. And it started to really grow in popularity from a fan's uh, point of view. Uh, but what was kind of like that day like and all of the planning that when you break this down, I mean, this is a match that can, you know, weave in multiple stories and and different different outcomes that you have slotted out for a 60 minute match. Was it a hectic day? Was it relatively relaxed? What are some of your recollections? It's it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I mean, um, it, it evolved into a little bit behind the scenes here where let's say it's a 30 man uh, Royal Rumble. There would be a meeting at some point during the day when all the talent is in the building where everyone in the match meets in a, in, in a room they go over the order of entrance, the order of exits, and then guys have to figure out how they're going to get there and, and that sort of stuff. And then they meet with the agents and say, here's what we got planned. Okay, this is good. Let's think of something else. You know what I mean? And then they, they, they put the match together pretty much like they would other matches. But again, with the, the uniqueness of, okay, uh, we got others in the ring that we have to deal with too. So, But it, it was pretty much planned out i think it was more hectic for the guys in the match as opposed for us because for us it was basically you know you see a guy go over the top and land on the floor just you know send them to the back uh, unless it was like that royal the the rumble with uh when steve austin got eliminated when we didn't see it a little different so but for the most part for uh, for us it was like you see somebody go over you kick him out so when when you were out ringside, like were you guys kind of like given kind of like an overview of the match to kind of you know just be be the glue to make sure everything runs smoothly, or are you kind of there just kind of in, in a reactionary kind of role to be essentially they they carry out the match and you and you're there just to essentially observe and you know just kind of steer things along? No, we 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 were given kind of like a heads up on on like I said order of elimination and that sort of stuff. So. We we kind of had an idea of what was going on. A lot of times we weren't sh- privy to every elimination on how it was going to happen, but we kind of had an idea on uh, order of elimination. So as the years would progress as well, who would like, you know, Pat Patterson is so well associated with this over the next kind of years. It seemed like Michael Hayes would have a, a significant role in laying out the rumble. Is that kind of what was he kind of quarterbacking things during those those latter years with the company? Uh, yeah, he, he, he I, I don't want to say he took over for Pat, but he, he took on a lot of the responsibilities and, and, and yeah, you could, <laughs> you pretty much hit it right there. Uh, but there was also input from everybody. You look, think back mm. to when I was there, when Arn Anderson, what, you know, Arn is one of the great minds. It's awesome. You, you know, you got Dean Malenko, you've got all these, Fit Finley, all these guys with great ideas. So there was a lot of input from a lot of people. But uh, like you said, Michael Hayes is probably the quarterback. Now, looking ahead to uh, this this coming weekend's uh, Rumble, we've got both men's and women's Royal Rumbles. Uh, what would you say is your your assessment just uh, of the build going into Sunday? We still have a uh, SmackDown coming up on on Friday night, but largely like the build is complete. How would you say the uh, the promotion has uh, lived up to this year's show? What is your interest level in the show for Sunday? Um, it, it could be higher, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're leaving a lot of openings here for some potential surprises, both in the women's and men's Royal Rumble. Uh, lots of uh, speculation and rumors flying around. But uh, 
it hasn't been as built up as other years, in my opinion. I think it could have been a little bit stronger, but you know, then again, uh, uh, there's a lot of open spots, especially in the men's rumble, uh, that could be filled in, and you know that they're not all going to be surprising. You go, ooh, not like last year, what we had with Edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, if. I always think like the, the goal of the rumble every year is that you should have those like four or five candidates that you can have like a believability factor in winning where, you know, for, for a month you have these people stating their cases. It's, it doesn't have to be all 30 people that you're trying to give promo time to, but have those, those like five key people to watch out for where one of them is going to be victorious and the other four, it's going to be the, the consequence of defeat, like that, that it'll be, earth shattering if they if they fail at this opportunity like that to me is where the the stakes come and i've got to say for this year it's like you kind of had daniel bryan stating his case and then up until monday uh with edge like those are kind of your your two key stories and that's between both rumbles i think at times it just it feels like there's a little bit too much reliance on the fact that it's the royal rumble and that sells itself i think that every year you should be you know having that that urgency attached to the match with and using your television time for that. No, I totally agree. And those two names that you brought up are a perfect example of, of the two that, you know, I, I think fans are most interested in right now because, you know, they're telling the story with Daniel Bryan. He's accomplished so much over the years in the WWE. The only thing he hasn't done is win a Royal Rumble. So that's great. I love that, that storytelling. But at the same time, there are other stories. They could have done more with Sheamus, for example, I thought, you know, you know, building on that uh, him and Drew McIntyre having that, that, that relationship where they're good buddies, but they're willing to fight as well. You know what I mean? That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Now, I think there was a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of speculation, of course, of, of, of a potential Brock return, you know, with so many slots open for surprise. You don't know if that, um, I, you know, I've heard it. I've heard people speculate on that as well, uh, which could be interesting because I know a lot of people are thinking, well, if Brock makes a surprise return and wins the Rumble and he challenges Roman Reigns because Roman is with Paul Heyman right now and Brock is a Paul Heyman guy. Because at the same time, if you think back, Brock was also the guy who lost to Drew last year at WrestleMania. So, you know, if he wins the Rumble, who does he choose? If you're looking in your crystal ball, Jimmy, A, uh, is Drew McIntyre going into WrestleMania as as champion? And B, what what is the opponent that that would stand out the most uh for you because i think there's several ways you could go with with drew mcintyre this year uh, unless you believe that they may just you know flip the title onto goldberg on sunday i know a lot of people are saying well depending on how it's done if if goldberg wins it's fine but i think that if drew loses the title to goldberg however way it's done it is one of the worst things that could happen to drew i think it would hurt him a lot Mm -hmm. um I, I think if there's a way that he can and maintain his title, he can move on to, to WrestleMania uh, as defeating someone who is a legend. Losing the title for, for Drew right now, I think, is not a good idea. No, it seems that like when you look at 2020, that Drew has been something that was just, you know, you couldn't, I think, have had a better year in terms of mapping out things. Like, look where we were a year ago, Jimmy, where they, you know, they kind of had Drew in this, like, back burner role, and then the Rumble heated up, and that was the launching pad for him. And they they really did create a star last year in Drew McIntyre. It's hard to see without fans there of what the reaction level would be, but, I mean, the guy, when you look at the performances he has put out and largely carried that side of things on on Raw, I mean, you you have to look at him as the 
as the guy to be going with. Like him and Roman feel like like true stars on the roster this year. No, absolutely. And and you brought up Roman too, who has seemed to have found his spot. Roman has been on fire right now and, and just has found his his place where he should be right now and, and never expanding on it. He I think awesome as a as a heel or a bad guy, whatever you want to portray it at at the same time. But uh you know, um I think both Drew and and uh Roman are, are great as champions and we'll see how far that spread spreads. I hope as much as I like both guys, uh, I hope they both hang on to the title for a while. Yeah, I, th- I think the Reigns-Owens program, I mean, this seemed like something that was designed to get them through the December pay-per-view, but they found a lot of legs with the pr- this program, and I think, rightfully so, uh, a way to extend it to this Rumble thing. I think that they've done a very good job with that program, and it's, to me, greatly benefited SmackDown. I mean, Reigns has been outstanding, and I think Kevin Owens, this has been... You can see, like, this is a program he's been able to really sink his teeth into, which hasn't always been the case for for him. Like, he's in this utility role where they can slot him wherever they need someone to fill that gap. But this is something very uh, substantial for Owens. So I, I think they've done a very good job building that matchup. I think it's the, the match with the most intrigue on Sunday. No, I agree. And, and, and the good thing about it is they're able to keep – uh, the hard thing to do, obviously, is is have someone like like the uh, the bad guy or the heel win, but have the babyface not lose any steam or momentum, and that's the been what they've been doing with Kevin Owens. Even in the fact that he hasn't been able to win the title from from Roman, he's still, you know, he's not losing any um, likeness from the crowd. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking ahead to WrestleMania, we know it's going to be once again a, a two night event, and we've already announced. Uh, the main events for the next two years, which appear to be back to just singular nights. Uh, after seeing the experiment last year and then revisiting it this year, do you think Mania is at, at a point now where you could you could logistically split it up two nights? And it, it, do, do you like the one-night format ver- versus two? Do you have a preference between either? Me, personally, I like the one-night format. It makes it feel like a special night. And, and yes, I get it. Two nights, uh, you could probably get a lot more matches in and feature more talent. But at the same time, the the one thing that will be interesting, you know, we talk about uh, the Royal Rumble and the women's Royal Rumble match. Um, I just thought that it might be an opportunity for, let's say, uh, someone like a Charlotte winning the women's Royal Rumble. And on night one of WrestleMania, for example, uh, her and her tag team partner defend the tag team titles. But on the second night, she faces her tag team partner for the Raw Women's Championship. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, maybe you'll see some talent perform double duty but for the most part i think it's not bad that you can have more talent appear on on two shows yeah i, I would say especially like when you're talking about running a venue the size of at&t stadium next year that one night is probably best for you know depending on the venue you're running i mean there's probably been past years where you could you know maybe not sell out two nights in a row but still draw a pretty significant amount for a second night, but we'll, we'll see where, where things go. I think for this year, especially the fact that it's going, well, we don't know what the capacity will be like, but I, I think like there's, there's the incentive to do the two nights when you have, you know, potentially half capacity, maybe even less. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, Jimmy, as we uh, wind things down, I want to give you the chance to let all of the listeners know where they can hear all of your thoughts, uh, whether they be uh, online and, of course, uh, following Aftermath and the crew and what is what is in store coming up. Oh, well, obviously, like you mentioned, Aftermath, which we do every week. And 
It's on the Sportsnet YouTube channel where myself, uh, the Nugster, Nug Nargang, uh, the former Santino Morella, Anthony Corelli, and Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet.ca, we do our wins and fails, and we talk about certain subjects, whatever um, happens during the week in WWE, and also uh, we do our trivia, which, uh, you know, sometimes it, it's funny that uh, I, I try to remember a lot of stuff, but sometimes it doesn't come to me, you know, too many ref bumps me back in the day, I guess, and uh, um, uh, and on weekdays, I do a little thing on all my platforms from Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, uh, little ref and rant. It's a minute long video and it's just meant to critique something from somebody. And it's not just WWE, it's them, AEW, wherever I happen to catch something to critique. And it's meant to be fun as opposed to, you know, being uh, angry, so to speak. But uh, again, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, you can see me there on weekdays. I, I do, I do take the weekends off for, for my ref and rants, but you need to That's recharge on the weekends and then come out strong on a Monday. You, you've been doing those consistently for the longest time now. And I think that's always the key is just staying consistent and every day without fail. You've got Monday to Friday, a ref and rant out there and super early too. Like you do these at what? Seven, eight in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, I try to get them out early in the morning and that way, you know, all day long people have a chance to see them. Hey, one last thing I want to th throw your way, which I'm sure you would uh, love to see on Sunday, but I was thinking about this. Uh, I talked about it back when, when both had passed, but this will be the first Royal Rumble, obviously, since Pat Patterson has passed away, but also the first Rumble since Howard Finkel passed. And I would love if there was some kind of incorporation of those two, whether it be the image of Pat on the Thunderdome screen, just overlooking the match, and especially for right before the Rumble – like they kind of did this with Edge and Randy Orton, but just the voiceover of Howard Finkel reading out the rules of the Royal Rumble and the winner going to WrestleMania. I think those would be two cool tributes to do on Sunday of, you know, two people that especially with Patterson, but Finkel, too, who I think you associate with Rumble and the, the, the entire history of it. I know a lot of people have been talking about Pat Patterson being uh, the idea and the thought behind the Royal Rumble, but you keep forgetting that Howard Finkel was the voice behind the Royal Rumble, which is awesome. And, and people, I, I would love to hear it. I hope, I hope that something is done this Sunday, but uh, again, fingers crossed. I don't know. We'll see. Jimmy, it's always a pleasure to uh, catch up with you. All the best uh, moving forward. And we'll be watching all of Jimmy Cordero's check out the rep and rants aftermath. And of course on Twitter. Thank you so much, Jimmy. No, thank you, my friend and be safe and take care.